0: Hi, this is Christopher Lewis, and welcome to Dating Intelligence, the podcast where we give relationship advice from dating to marriage and everything else in between, and always with the goal of helping you to continuously be the best you at all times.
2: So if you're looking for real... Honest information to help you navigate your relationships. (laughs) We've got you covered.
0: We've got you covered. All you see is like, I was waiting for you.
2: (laughs) I was like, where's my note? Where's my note?
0: (laughs) Hi, guys. Welcome to another day with us, Jamie Villamore and Christopher Lewis, and another day at Sticky Fall Studios. And uh, hi.
2: Hi, I knew we should have locked your ass out of my car when (laughs) I picked you up today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Guys, Jamie said when when she picked me up today, I was waiting for her and she goes, What pole are you on? I said, I'm at the stripper pole. She goes, What number (laughs) five? So when I get there, she said when I was pulling the door open, she was going to lock me off and drive off.
2: Was I was like, every pole in Vegas is a stripper pole. Don't fucking touch it and keep your hands to yourself.
0: <laughs> oh my God. I so. just brought some grease and just greased it up the next time. Oh. So, all right, guys. So like I said, we're here. Hello. Hello. Yeah. We got another great episode today. And uh, hi, Villamore. What's up?
2: Man, I'm fucking tired today. I know today. You, are.
0: you went shooting yesterday I and know, I concerts. And what's this whirlwind when you've been on? I've been seeing this yeah. on social media.
2: Um, yeah, so I was um, invited to hang out at um, Tail Fest mm-hmm. this weekend. So it was amazing. A ton of um, very talented artists. Um, so it was really okay. fun. I ran into um, Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, who nice. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, of. that's great. Um, had she's amazing. Some good conversations with her, and yeah, she's a total badass. Yeah,
0: she yeah. is. Yeah, how is she in and, like? Big presence when you saw her?
2: Um, Big personality. Just such a frickin' lover, though. Um, Yeah, she's a really cool cool person. I bet our guest has probably had maybe some interactions with her. I don't know. Oh,
0: well, let's take a look and see. All right, guys, we're going to get into this one today. So our guest today is an actor and a technical advisor who has literally done his field work for his role on the hit show SEAL team. This former Army Ranger and Delta Force operator is a true American hero who has served time in Afghanistan and now serves up one-liners on screen to TV viewers. Please welcome (laughs) and thank you for your service, Tyler Gray. Thank you. What's up, thanks, Tyler? Uh,
1: thanks for having me. Yeah. Good to have you, man. Yeah, for sure. No, no, it's great to be here.
2: Um, I've been trying to get you on this show for like months.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was just saying that. I think it's probably been three months ish. Yeah. It has
0: been because I've had my intro waiting for you all
1: this time. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, but you know the the filming schedule it it doesn't. Uh, it, never changes to accommodate you so i'm sure um yeah it's just really difficult but uh but this worked out finally so very happy about
0: that great well we're glad to have you and the show's going great apparently it's going really well i've been researching and looking it up so
1: yeah season uh we're filming season six right now almost done um and then we're uh, gonna do a movie i have no idea the timeline on it but uh that's the the next we know that's happening. Um, so it's been, you know, six seasons at at this point in, in kind of, you know, the Hollywood entertainment streaming world is, is pretty rare. So, um, it's, it's been an amazing run and just great experience.
0: Yeah, guys, you got to check this one out. I mean, you got like a real expert here who has been, literally has been in Afghanistan. And how many years in the service for, by the way, for you? Uh,
1: it was nine by the time I got out. Okay. Yeah, and I was medically retired um, uh, from, I got hurt in Iraq and uh, I got medically retired. And then the two things I wanted to do as a kid was be in, specifically be in the army. I was, you know, I watched you know Rambo a million times. Love that movie. Being Love in him. yeah, being in the in the military was just something I always wanted and you know, I was a weird kid. I would watch Rambo and be like, you know, he had PTSD and I'm like Oh, that looks cool. I want that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's such a messed up mentality, but like, you know, I was like, he's so fucked up. I love it. Right. (laughs) Um, And, and the other thing I want to do, and obviously this kind of goes along with Rambo is um, I just movies and the military were the two things that I loved. So when uh, the first career ended, I, you know, went to Hollywood and, you know, tried to uh, work, you know, which is a process of meeting people, yeah. and, you know, I mean, it takes, it takes a long time, but, um, yeah, it, it finally, uh, you know, about five years in, I, I was able to start, you know, working full time doing, doing, uh, entertainment. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been really great.
0: Okay. Well, with your background now, did you, did you feel like when you started in the acting realm and we'll get back to the, um, you know, the army and your service and all that stuff, but in the acting world, did you feel like you were they, not that they were pigeonholing you in like certain roles, but did you want to be like, like how right now you're in the SEAL team and you're being like a advisor on this, I'm sure 100%. Um, did you, did you feel like you did more advising at the beginning of your career or were you just jumping right in the acting and
1: no, no, I, I definitely, you know, when, when I started, I mean, I've never went to, you know, I didn't, I never went to acting school. Mm-hmm. I never, I, I did do drama in uh, high school, but you know, whatever, uh, it was really to meet girls, but, um, <laughs> Smart um man. yeah, which, which let me tell you, it's a great place. But, um, so I, I started advising that was the first thing. And I did a couple projects and then I did a movie um, where a friend of mine went on as an actor and he did like a week and I did, I think, three months advising and he made more money than me. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. And I'm like, uh, so on uh, on on a film or TV, it doesn't matter, uh, the only people not in a union are if you're any kind of technical advisor, if you're advising doctors on ER or okay. you know, whatever it is, you're not in a union and, and neither is the PAs. So because everyone else is in a union, those that aren't get screwed. Right. Why? Because they can, you know. Yeah. So um, actually the the that project that I did, I actually had to say a line because uh, I was doing stuff on camera and then that got me into SAG. And then after that, every movie or whatever project I was doing, um, I just said, hey, all advise, but put me on camera, so I was under a SAG contract. Oh, great! Making mm. a lot more money, um, and also being protected. Like with, you know, as an advisor, I could work sixteen hours, and I was getting paid for eight. Yeah, you know, once I was on the SAG contract, I was getting paid for you know the
2: double time, uh, yeah, golden time. Yeah, and that's it great. gets
1: yeah it gets uh, so that's how I started, and then you know I had no idea what I was doing, and just the the more I was on camera. I just you know kind of figured it out um, so I, I I'm I never had an intent to be an actor okay um, but then my, my real passion is directing so I like I've directed three episodes of seal team and I love that but being on camera you learn so much about storytelling and how to direct actors because I know what people tell me, and I'm like, I they've never been on camera because that doesn't make any sense. It's like when a director tells mm. you, like, you know, hey, I'm I'm eating in this scene. Do you want that line delivered, you know, before I move the fork? You, you know, literally, yeah, right. like because it's Out of it, it matters. Stuff yeah, it matters. Mm-hmm. And and he's like, oh, just just act natural. And I'm like, you've obviously never been on camera because <laughs> there is literally nothing natural about act or about being on camera it is it, it couldn't be more artificial you right know? um and then you have to match that every take from every different angle so it's like there is no act natural but um so i've, I've learned a lot and you know now i actually really really enjoy acting it's um you know i, I love storytelling and and you know you can uh, a big aspect of storytelling is is the actor's performance yep. and how they choose mm. to convey uh, their characters, you know, story. So, um, yeah, I, I really like it now, and I've, you know, been on camera for a hundred and I don't know, hundred and two episodes, whatever we're on now, and uh, you know, I've been around the, all these great actors. You know, you know, you had David Boreanaz. You know, I mean, yep. he's been literally on TV continuously for I think. 25 years now he was uh, um
0: wait he was on um, wait don't tell me he was on the vampire with buffy he yep. was on um, what was his name oh god he
1: was on angel angel thank well, you very much He I was a big it, angel fan sorry yeah. he was on buffy then he then was on angel, angel. Mm-hmm. then he went to bones for That's 11 right. seasons yep. mm-hmm. and then he went straight to this so this he's, guy has an illustrious wow. career oh he's oh my god he's been i don't know how he's done it because it's not an easy schedule but um uh so you know Uh, You know, the other, you know, Max Turriott, uh, A.J. Buckley and Neil Brown Jr., all all these really good actors. And I just learned from watching how they did things. And I would ask them questions. And uh, and, you know, now I'm I'm I really enjoy it. So it's but it wasn't something that that I expected. Of course. Wow. Did
2: did it come natural for you or did it require (laughs) a lot of work on your end?
1: So the, that's that's kind of funny. So when I first started uh, doing, you know, dialogue, I just delivered it. I, I don't care about being on camera. I'm not uncomfortable at all. And I also didn't really, like being an actor wasn't my thing. So I didn't really give a shit. <laughs> So <laughs> I just delivered you know whatever was online, line is there, yeah, right? yeah, I would just deliver it as me, you know, I'm like, blah, blah blah, and i I thought that was pretty easy, really, for me, just because right it i I don't you know the camera doesn't it's never bothered me um and so that was like season one and two, and then I started getting more like acting lines that required like comedy for me, so easy. Oh but you know more the more dramatic stuff i was like at the end of season 2 i was like i should probably know what i'm doing <laughs> um, so i went to this acting class uh, and i went like two times and i i was there and i was like that this is not how this works you know what the class was i'm like you can't do that before seeing there's not enough, you know like i'm like, right. i'm like they're teaching them these things but you you can't do it that way. you don't have the time. you like you deliver when they say and and you can't mess up anything. I was just so oh, I stopped doing that class, and then I just really started asking the other actors. Um, and what I figured out, and then I tried act like season three, I was like acting, okay, you know, and uh, that was like not good. It ah. was better to be natural because um, I was like trying to put some performance in it. And then finally season four, I realized what the secret is, which is, you know, be you, be 80% you and just 20%, you know, put nowhere to put the performance in the, uh, in the dialogue. Okay. So I, I say, you know, put some stank on it. Like right. there's certain, most lines are not that important. Like if I'm delivering a line like this and I'm just talking, but there is one thing, one thing, That's the important part. That's it. Everything else is thrown away. Got it. But when I go, but that one thing, that one thing, that's important. Okay. You know, so everything, you just have to know where, you know, where to act where to put the performance into it and
0: but also right now i mean because it's 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 your character now i mean you've developed this character from season one yeah in theory and now it's season four five and six which you're going into yeah it's this is you now so it's like whatever stink you put on it it's going to be who you are that you that they see
1: that
2: you you now, you've created that you've
0: created thank you very much yeah, yeah
1: yeah And and the other thing too is it's you know you're you're not in a real environment so mm-hmm. it's it's never really you, you know, it's, you're right. you're saying things that, that writers wrote. So it's not what I would say. Yeah. So you don't have to change it that much because, okay. or you don't have to, you know, the character is, yeah, it's me delivering the lines, but it's still not what I would say. So it's, yeah. it's different than me, you know? Um, and it's, it, but it's been, it's been amazing. I've, I've really enjoyed it and I've learned a lot and, uh, I love telling stories and, and specifically with this show, I'll, I'll end with this. You know, what I love about the show and what makes me proud about it is look, is it cool to, is it cool on, you know, on a movie or a or TV show? Does it look cool to, you know, fast rope onto buildings and, you know, ride in helicopters outside the helicopter? Does that stuff look cool? Yes, it absolutely does. Does it look cool to climb up a ship and assault the ship? All that stuff looks cool, and it is. Um, but where I think the show really is is important is that what the show is really about, I mean, that's the gloss on it, mm-hmm. that's the action, but the show's really about all the characters, how their lives basically get demolished. Like the, what's the, um, the word I'm looking for? The, the destruction. That, that job does to their lives over time. right. That's what the show's really about. and um, that's a very honest portrayal of, of that job and of that, uh, of that community um, and, and the military in general. So I feel like yeah, we have some recruiting video type type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day we're very honest that hey, yeah, the job's cool. it's, it's fun in a lot of ways but it does come at a cost. Okay. Um, and and I'm very uh, proud that we're able to uh, put out that authentic portrayal of, of that life. Like, hey, you can do it, but this is what it is. Okay. You know, and um, you, I, I like that.
0: Do you feel like um, because of your history and career in the um, armed services um, and then doing this, um, not to, I don't want to say overlap, but do you feel like you... Have some things in there because you are advising as well, and I'm sure it's probably that's the fun stuff for you and everything recreation and all that, especially now as directing. Um, when you leave, do you have to sometimes take a beat and go, whew, take a deep breath?
1: You know, it's weird. Um, I get asked that question a okay. lot, mm-hmm. and um, it it never it it never feels similar. Okay, you know, right? Um, you know, like when. <laughs> i could be in an action scene and you know we're getting shot at and explosions are going off and then i look behind the camera and there's you know a a dude walking around passing out sushi so (laughs) it it's 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 easy to not um uh not get too you know caught up in 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 that and every once in a while there was one time where i was um walking towards a helicopter we had we had a blackhawk and I was walking towards it and I smelled the exhaust fumes and that was like a, you know, that flat, you know, not fucking Vietnam, you know, flashback, but it definitely like was surreal. Gotcha. Um, uh, And there's been a couple of times like that, but it's never in the moments like of, uh, it's never in, you know, in the moments of, peril in the show when we're getting shot at or blown up or whatever um it's in the moments where it's calm and you know i'll be riding on a helicopter and it just kind of you know takes me back but the best thing what's weird about the show uh is you know i got medically retired obviously and it and when i got blown up like it it literally i didn't know it was coming obviously and, and i didn't know I didn't know my career was about to end and it boom was over right. in a millisecond so this for me has also been therapeutic in that i get to go play mm. you know i get to go play soldier again or uh um sailor technically <laughs> um but it's and come
0: out unscathed in theory right right, it's, right.
1: it's fun i mean mm-hmm. it is actually harder to um it's a lot more exhausting than I thought it would be, you know, when I went into it I was like, ah, it's going to be easy compared to the, you know, being in the military and, you know, when you're wearing kit and doing the same action sequence for 12, 13, yeah. 14 hours, it, it's definitely exhausting, but um, you know, getting to ride on helicopters and and do all that stuff again is is really kind of gave me the um the closure okay, that, that I was missing from the military. That's let's great. talk
2: a little bit about your accident. <clears throat> Do you want <clears throat> to talk a little I'll bit about, about that? Yeah. Let's, let, let's see your arm. Oh,
1: yeah. uh, yeah, So it's crazy. Oh, shit. Sorry. That's yeah, okay. Um, mm. yeah. So it, you know, I mean, it was, uh, a pretty, um, I mean, that was about a five year process of surgery, rehab, um, you know, surgery, rehab, you know, or therapy, you know, heal up a little bit, then another surgery. And then I did that cycle for about five years. Wow. Um, and I was on, you know, a shit ton of opiates for that whole time because, you know, like that's, um, you know, legitimately because after every surgery I'd have to, you know, I'd get on it and then I'd get off and then I had to get back on and get off. And, um, yeah, it was it was really, uh, it was a difficult five years. And now, though, it's funny because, um, and actually this will come up later when we're talking about dating stuff, but all the, you know, the most, the worst thing that's ever happened to me at, at one time, right. I look back 10 years later and I'm like, that was the best thing that ever happened mm, to me. Okay. Like this, wow. best thing that ever happened to me. Um, because I am pretty confident. I, I don't think, A, I wouldn't have got out. I would have stayed in for 20 years. I was going to ask you that. I, mm-hmm. I absolutely would have. And B, um, just because I didn't know how long the wars would continue, too. I, you know, um, and I wouldn't have left until, uh, um, until they did, which I would have been in 20 years. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because they were still going yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, even after 20 years. So, um, and and I think I was I was dumb, you know. I was young and and.
0: Well, you're Rambo. I mean, that's, well, like you know, I said,
1: I'm fundamentally and, and I'm totally serious mm-hmm. when I say this. You know, just kind of like the joke about uh, uh, you know, Rambo and like oh, PTSD. That looks. Uh, I want that. You know, <laughs> I, I'm a fundamentally self destructive person. Like okay, my that, that I have a fundamental basis of self destruction, and um, my theory is that the kind of that warrior mentality it's fundamentally self-destruction yeah do you
2: feel like you operate in a space of high risk that's excitement to you
1: uh yes absolutely i i i have to you know people can say heroin's the most addictive drug i think it's adrenaline Mm -hmm. Mm. you know and and in I I live life to risk it. You know, I ride motorcycles. As you know, I got in a motorcycle. I got hit by a car a a year and a half ago. Which toe did that mess up? I didn't see him get hit by the car, but (laughs) yeah.
2: But I did shoot guns with him. Okay. Yeah. And um, very impressed. So initially you were right handed, correct? Yeah, Yeah. So now he shoots left.
1: Oh, incredible. So left handed. And, and, um, and that, that but that fundamental self-destruction too, yes, it's definitely chasing adrenaline, it's chasing like I live life to risk it. That, that's how I feel. But I think on a bigger, you know, I, I've heard you know, I've had this conversation and people are like, I don't I don't know if the that warrior kind of mentality ethos is, is self-destructive. And I go, Well, think of it this way. A thousand years ago, a bunch of dudes charged each other in an open field with swords and axes. Yeah. If that's not self-destructive, I don't know what is. You, you know what I mean? And yeah. Like
0: it, it's, Does that
2: excite you when you think of that, though?
1: Uh,
0: weirdly, yeah. It, it's it excites just, me. Does it excite you, Chris? I mean, I'm just sorry. I was looking at the other... Hello, I'm a I'm a Kush boy here. Okay, I like my kush. I like my love. Yeah. No, I I like my adrenaline. I have my fun, but this is a whole nother level like he's talking about. Yeah. It's that thing where you just said about a thousand years ago, like it was just like you know you charge and you just go Fucking, for it. But then you're all there's in. like probably eighty percent of those guys are full on. The rest of the twenty are like, why the fuck am I running towards this? And my, the, It's like you
1: know. Yeah, yeah. Right. Everyone's got their different things, but I you know and and the point that I was making because uh, I've talked to a lot of people about this is. The job, by, by definition, is self-destructive. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing, you know, running towards gunfire. That's destructive, you know. Um, so I think there has to be a fundamental mentality of self-destructiveness to do that job. And then what's interesting is once that job ends, whether you, you know, get hurt and get out, whether you just get out, whether you retire, it doesn't matter. You're still that same person. And it's shocking to me that people don't see that, dude, the job was self destructive. So is it really that surprising that when you get out, you're still self destructive? Right. Mm
3: -mm. No,
1: that's who you are. Yeah. You know, and and so for me now, it's about um, taking that fundamental self destructiveness and just channeling it into positive less self-destructive thing. so um and and for me the um the entertainment industry is so chaotic and it's it's um it it comes at a cost like you know the reason so many actors have issues is it's a destructive yeah destructive lifestyle um and it fits me perfectly what
2: makes it self-destructive um or a destructive industry in your opinion
1: so I'll say this for actors specifically, you know, the 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 mechanism of of production and filming, nobody cares. No nobody cares uh like look at Robert Downey Jr. look look at all the drug problems with actors. The reason is is because you are expected to deliver at extremely high energy every scene all day for mm-hmm. 12 hours. That's not sustainable. So it's, you know, Hayden uh, Panettiere, I think her, her, actually Mm -hmm. bodyguarded her, um, which I have a really funny story about. Um, But, you know, she was on like, she was given Adderall as a kid, you know? And uh, I think, I forget what they called it, but like Happy Pills, they called it Happy Pills so her, she, she could do interviews and things like that. And, you know, she was up to a lot, and again, Did they know what was going on? Of course they did, but they don't care. As long as she comes in and delivers, no one cares. So they absolutely, that industry uh, does and has always reinforced, um, you know, destructive behavior because it just, it's kind of required to, um, you know, you're kind of sacrificing your... um, your health and time and mental health to do that job. Right.
0: You know, and let's just like, you've just touched upon something we can just add onto that layer. It's the same. Like um, I can just say as much as the sports industry, um, there's lots of different issues because it's like, you're basically at this point, just like you said, you're just a small part of the overall big picture. Like mm-hmm. you said, especially in the acting industry and in and, and that world, because, you know, like you said, you're required to be on set for so many hours. You're required to learn your lines. You're, like you said, to be at the highest level to do your best performance all the time. And, and, and just like in sports the same way. And, probably some of these high profile jobs. I mean, obviously the military service when you're really in, it's somewhat similar. Um, we don't know how much sleep you actually get in those sense of the words and those, when you're really in it as well. So these are grueling jobs, man. And so something's got to give, and it's usually your psyche at that point. I
1: feel like, uh, yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, again, the, the, you know, the, the process of, of, uh, just, you know, like if you look into the military, like they give amphetamines to pilots, (laughs) they give amphetamines to soldiers because how else are you going to do an 18 hour mission at night? You know, when you've had three hours of sleep, you right? Know? Um, and it's, again, it's not, you know, the entire German military in, in World War Two was the blitzkrieg was based on methamphetamine. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, they gave Ooh, them, I didn't know that. Yeah. They gave them meth straight up. It was called Pervitin and the entire German army was on meth. Literally. Yeah. Um, uh, which also makes you fearless by the way so you know that's why the german soldiers were <laughs> just doing crazy shit. they were they were, you know, they, they were messed out you know but um uh it, it's it's been around for a long time on on you know the uh, you know the and again separate from the military but just the the powers that be you know whatever the you know people that they need to get the product they yeah. want, give them whatever they want. I was about to say, you it's know? like,
0: there's like, there's no means to an end. when it's just like, you have to literally like anything, like said, military, that situation acting. If like, if you're, if someone at the top is getting what they need out of all of these things to make it work and getting paid or whatever it is, power, whatever they will do, whatever it takes to keep the the, the wheels going.
2: Right. So, um, tips or tricks for anyone that has like PTSD, like what worked for you?
1: Oh, great question. Um, Hmm, that's a great question. So I'll, I'll, I'll say this. So, uh, PTSD re- referring to PTSD specifically, um, you know, PTSD, the, the problem I have with that term or, or that diagnosis, um, uh, is that PTSD is not even remotely specific to combat veterans, nor is it specific to the military. It is a very broad term that a person legitimately can have PTSD from car accident. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you could be, you know, slapped as a kid and have PTSD from that. Your mom, you know, ripped on your hair your whole life, so you you know freak out when something happens with your hair. I mean, right. those are all you know possible clinical mm-hmm. um, examples of actual PTSD. So the problem I have is when when you get diagnosed with PTSD what does it really mean if that phrase uh or that diagnosis encapsulates uh, encapsulates like this much it's so non specific that it really to me it doesn't mean anything because it's so broad it encompasses so much how do you go about you know fixing that right um and there's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of um uh, a lot of uh, therapies and all those different things but for the military and for combat veterans specifically, you know, I, I think it's a lot more complicated than just saying PTSD. You know, me, I made up a term for myself. I don't know if this applies to, you know, it'll apply to some, it won't apply to others. I don't have PTSD. Uh, I, I figured that out. Like I, I, They were telling me, you, you have PTSD, you have PTSD. And I'm like, okay, well, what, what is that? What does that mean? It's this, this, this. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't have any of those things. I'm definitely fucked up. Mm -hmm. No question. Right, right. But I don't have those things. And (laughs) they're like, oh, no, you do. You know, denial is one of the definitive (laughs) signs of it. You know, all these, you know, smart, you know, psychologists, psychiatrists, all these things, and therapists. And I just went, and they keep telling me what it is. And, um, you know, I finally said to one of the psychologist. I just said, look, you know, you know what you know about PTSD from college. You're telling me what it's supposed to be. And I'm telling you what it is. Like I'm telling you how I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not fitting in with what you're saying. So I basically decided, screw it. I'm going to figure it out myself. And I came up with, um, and there was a whole thing that happened that made me come up with this. But uh, I, I have what I call uh, LTSD. I don't have post-traumatic stress syndrome, I have lack of traumatic stress syndrome. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, if you're a good you know, member of n- a normal first world society, mm-hmm. you know, if you work well and fit well in America, you should suck in a war zone because it is the 180 degree opposite of regular society. You should suck. Once you get to the point where you're good in that combat environment, and you can deal with it, and you can handle it, and you can operate in it, you've been reversed wired. And now you should suck in society. Mm-hmm. Once oh, wow. you're changed to this, you shouldn't be able to, you can't back, bounce back and forth. And we act like you can, but you can't. Because you've been reverse wired, okay? So for me, as an example, LTSD is I am now calm in chaos. If the environment is absolutely level 10 chaotic, I'm chill as cucumber. Because that's what you have to be in in a combat environment. CQB, fighting within a house, it's crazy. So I'm calm in chaos, If the environment is calm, that chaos is in my brain. Like I can't handle, I I can't handle calm. I, I need, I need that chaos to be comfortable. So what do I do? I create chaos. Okay. I, you know, drink, I ride a motorcycle 120 miles an hour. I, you know, um, I, uh, you know, get into relationships that I know are going to be painful because I need chaos. And oh, that girl looks chaotic. Sold. I'm in, right? (laughs) Um, And and that's, you know, and that's what I need. I've been reverse wired. And so I have to create that chaos. And as soon as I create it, I'm calm again. Okay. Wow. And so that's, I have, I need traumatic stress to feel calm.
2: Is there a, is, Are you still in that space?
1: Yes, but I now because I I figured it out, I now know how to create healthy chaos. Okay. Like so for me, being on set, it's fucking chaotic, especially when you're, you know, directing and producing and acting, mm-hmm. like it's chaos. I'm sure. So that chaos of the environment, like I love, you know, working on the show because it's chaos. So I'm, I'm good at it, and I, it, it, it fills that need. It's healthy chaos, um, and I just have to be aware, you know, outside of that too. Sometimes, yeah, I'll, I'll start to feel myself creating that chaos, you know, in, in a negative, bad way, and I'm like, all right, this is why you're doing it, and you know, once you know the why, it's it's uh, much easier to change it. Um, but I think, you know, my LTSD thing, and you also got to understand, like, there's a whole thing about brain chemistry. Like, you know, when I got out of the military, you know, I, I got the injury and I got out of the military and I was just like, you know, I'm not, I'm normally, I'm normally so resilient. And I was like, but I'm, I'm just disproportionately emotional and, I could just tell my brain wasn't normal, so I went and got an entire like hormone blood test everything, and like my testosterone was like seven, I'm like well shit, you know yeah Be- because i I couldn't work out for five years, and you know I went from here to here, and I was like, well, that's not good, yeah, you know obviously well that's why I'm being emotional, and it's just one of those things where for whatever reason, especially in the u s we no one takes an integrated approach it's like you have ptsd go to mental therapy but don't worry about like your hormones that has nothing to do with anything <laughs> Bullshit. right like you know happiness is literally a chemical it's called fucking serotonin right yeah like serotonin uh, nor uh, n- uh norepinephrine or you, you know all those things it's like it's literally chemicals if you don't deal with the chemical especially talking about tbi and how TBI affects your brain's uh, production Mm -hmm. of of chemicals. It's like, you gotta do everything. You gotta do everything at once. You can't just do therapy or this. It's an integrated approach. um, And to my knowledge, no one, I've never seen any place that takes a fully integrated approach to, um, I don't think you can work on mental health without also working on physical health, Without also working on spiritual health, it, it all goes together. It's
2: all, right, right. Yeah. Um, have you ever looked into or experimented with plant medicine, like ayahuasca? Um, so pape.
1: funny, funny you say that. So I've been wanting to do ayahuasca for probably three years now. Okay, um, and just with the show, the timing hasn't worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, I have. Dozens and dozens of friends who have done it. And I've never heard anyone say it was anything but amazing. Right. Um, my buddy has a nonprofit um, that takes veterans on experiences. And right. uh, it's common, you know, sometimes it's um, uh, ayahuasca, Ibogaine, psilocybin, you know, he's got yeah. a whole kind of system. And everyone that I know that's done it says so life changing. Um, so I'm definitely, definitely going to do it. Um, I haven't, I haven't yet, but, um, just waiting for the right time. I would love
2: to introduce you.
1: Yeah, no, I've, I've heard nothing but great things and, um, it's, you know, I think, I think we're just now starting to open the door into experiences that actually not only, you know, what, what do you get from a therapist? You talk to them, mm-hmm. and they give you some feedback, but all change happens from within. All realization happens from within. And, you know, obviously with ayahuasca, you're making your own realizations. Mm-hmm. And that's why that stuff sticks, is because right. it's not just therapy. It's you going within yourself. Um, and I And I think that we're really on the edge of of truly and you're also talking about potentially with like psilocybin and things changing the structure of the brain yeah right you know healing the brain and and i think i personally think that healing the brain is um is the real i think that's the real approach that needs to be taken with like ptsd and these things mm-hmm. because it's ultimately it's it's a brain issue. it's a chemical right. issue it's right. uh, you you know what I mean it's yeah it's it's you know
2: I think it also like um encompasses a lot of healing for that trauma like purging and just um, releasing sitting with yourself um being still yeah um, right. just so much to to take in and learn and
0: it is, but I also, like, um, from both of what you're saying, um, I feel like you have to, like you're t- talking about society and things like that, you have to be able to be in tune with yourself from the beginning. And even, like, um, there's some questions I wanted to ask about with your arm and just going mm-hmm. in the military and, like, you could call it LTSD, LTD, LT, LTSD, LT, 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 and then things like that. It's like you already just talking to you and listening to you about this, you already have had a center, you know, whether it be centered to the way left or to the way right or dead center, you already had know, know yourself enough to know that you already you need chaos, you need this, you need that. That's already you in tune with yourself. I don't care if it's the best way or the right way or the wrong way. You already had a sense of who you are, and now where you're at right now. The one I was going to ask you about the arm, just listening to you, you seem pretty damn good. You are and okay. ten steps ahead of you know, a lot of and, other and people. And it's that pretty are amazing, actually.
1: Well, it, it's I, you know, I. I didn't know who I was. Uh, I I basically had to figure it out. Right. And, and no one's going to tell you. I don't care what therapist you have. The only way to know who you are is to do the work yourself. Right. And... and figure it out. But that's what I
0: mean by that. Because like I said, from the start of this whole conversation, you know, when we were laughing about the whole Rambo thing, you already had a plan of what you wanted for yourself in theory. You know what I mean? And you've taken that plan and you've, you've blossomed it into the second part of your career. That's what I'm getting at. And and in order to do that, no matter how much chaos you had, you still stuck to your plan. You know, like you still look, you're still, you're directing, you're acting, all these things have blossomed because you still, no matter what happened, you still had a plan of what you, Tyler, wanted in your life. And that's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. So your brain chemistry, Very you're true. already at this point, no matter what's going on in there, you already had, you're, you're centered enough with a plan and that's the start, you know? So that's what I'm getting at. So oh, I yeah, feel like you've had no. enough to, you've, you've had enough to work within your life already to, in order to get to this point. And most people don't even have that, by the way. That's where the issues lie.
1: Yeah, and and I and I I'm very uh, lucky that I I mean I've always known what I wanted to mm-hmm. do, and and I'll say this, which I, I've been saying quite often to people, which is I I now personally I think you know I think we all know. Uh, well, I'll I'll start with this, and that is you know when I used to do the speaking events, I would say, look, I don't know. I can't in you know, a room of you know, 50 people. I can't tell anyone here how to be happy. Right. It's too complex. I don't know you. I, I can't tell you how to be happy. But I can give you a 100% surefire way to be miserable. <laughs> and that is be something other than who you really are. Guaranteed recipe for misery. Right, um, And the reverse of that, obviously, if you reverse it, then happiness is self-actualization. On that note, a lot of, you know, you hear all the time, like, you know, life is about, you know, discovering who you are. It's about becoming who you, blah, blah, blah. I no longer agree with that. I personally think that we know who we are as children. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think we know exactly who we are. I think we know exactly what we want. And then I think we let society, parents, friends, all these things steer us away Yeah from our intrinsic nature. Because it wants you to be what it wants you to mm-hmm. be, not exactly. what yep. you want to be. And it's, it's putting all these barriers and walls in, in front of you. And like when I just kind of thought of myself as a kid, I was like, shit, I know who I was. Right. I, I know who I was mm-hmm. then. You're your most authentic self. It's before life has you know hit you with a baseball bat in the face. So um, I really think if people thought about it enough, you know what you liked as a kid is—you still like the same shit. Yeah, you know, right. It doesn't change. I mean, right. you, you find new things, and right. don't get me wrong, we but evolve and grow. But by and large, you—you <laughs> you were your most authentic self. Yeah. You know, and just think of all the things that we
2: Before fight ourselves. Society got right. their claws in right. us.
0: Yep. You know, like and we
2: put them in the school, <laughs> and it starts social conditioning, and it's that whole thing that I always talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, we do a lot. But yeah. kids are like in their most like. I mean before they put all the rules like you got to color in the lines you got to do oh, yeah, this yeah. like just let them yeah. be. Like, be it's like it's funny cr- off of that note and, and, I, and i
0: truly 100 percent believe in both of what you're saying because like with you like i've always known and it's actually we you know i've told you i'm about to start doing uh, motivational speaking gigs myself on what you just said because I've known who I was since from very little. And thank God, like, you know, my dad tried to skew me here and there. And I had that, that's where I have some of the whole success and all these things in my mind because of that side. But thank God for my mom who just said, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. I will support whatever you want to do, and da da da. But my little, my littlest one, what I'm getting at, she's like, Dad, she plays softball. She goes, she's nine. She goes, I want to be the first. Female baseball player and I go yeah honey I go that's great how are we going to get there and so and I'm I'm more than happy mm-hmm. to show you how to do it just make sure if you that's what you want we're going to stick to the plan yeah so yeah. I'm not I'm never going to deter you I'm not going to say it's just for boys yeah you know, go, I believe you can do it and let's let's go for it yeah so absolutely. I hear you on that so yeah I um, love that yeah well like I said you 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 you're you're on point you have your stuff together you're very calm I don't know what chaos we've got gotten here to make you so mm-hmm. calm <laughs> Tyler that's why he likes but me Jesus I'm Christ a... <laughs> you know, that's like I'm a ball of chaos you're calming me down I'm just like, I'm sitting there going, I need some chaos right but you're like calming me down. So we're going to add some more chaos in your life right now, but throwing Give in the air episode chaos. right now, right? Hey, you know what? You already got me earlier today. All right. So Jedi. guys, we have Tyler Gray on our show today, and thank you so much for being here. This guy's amazing right now, former ranger and now acting and doing his thing. So he's, he's just actually complicated his life by making it more chaotic with fun and excitement and entertainment. So thank you for entertaining the world yeah. with what you do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. So here's our topic episode today. It's called Fight or Flight. When do you know if you should fight for something or decide it's time to move on and let it go? And I'm not just talking about just relationships in general, you know, because there's always something that we right. want so bad. And it's just sometimes just like it's that we just didn't reach the end and we can't, it's just not meant for it, not meant to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'll speak from my experience. I, I think I I would argue that I don't know. Um because you just if if you really knew you know you would theoretically do it but i I feel like i feel like there's just this fear of making the wrong decision and and you know especially if someone is is stubborn and and not a you know doesn't quit things (laughs) easily like you know i'll spend years trying to fix something that's fundamentally broken Mm -hmm. but i just I just won't give up on it. This um, relationship's as well, same? Oh, uh, yeah. I've done it in every, every uh, I I would say every relationship I've ever been okay. in. Okay. Um, I, I definitely should have ended it, you know, well before it ended um, because it just, you know, it goes off the rails. And, and for some reason, you know, I, I always seem to think that uh, I'm always trying to get it back to uh, the the great thing it was in the beginning mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and uh, um, I also have this uh, sense of loyalty where if if you know someone was really you know good to me in the beginning and 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 I just feel this like um debt you know to where when things start to go bad, it's like well that'd be really sh- you know shitty of me to to Like abandon them. Yeah. Yeah. I I owe them going through this rough time or, you know, it's just, it's just, they're having issues with whatever. And, and I mean, I've probably spent, let's see, in one relationship, probably easily four years, um, too long. I mean, it should have never happened to begin with. Four Uh, years. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Shit.
2: How long was the relationship?
1: Uh, let's see. Um, six, six uh, years. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, again, it should have never happened, but definitely should have ended after the first two years. No question.
0: Someone should have taken your draft options off the board then, Mr. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I, <I'm>
1: <laughs> I definitely, you know, and, and, and that was, that was, that was my fault okay, hundred percent. And, um, next relationship was 10 years and I, probably let's see how many years in, uh, would be three, three years. So out of 10. Yeah. Okay.
0: He so should have
2: called it quits after three. Yeah.
0: yeah. Called it quits. damn after You're three. staying a
2: lot longer. Yeah. But yeah.
0: now what is the other half? To, what are they doing while this is happening in your mind? How's the other half reacting? Are they, are, do they, are they in it with you at this point? Are you guys trying to figure it out? Or they sometimes just don't have a clue and you're just kind of, you know, you should be getting out, but they still maybe feel the same or they know they should be out of this as well.
1: Um, I would say it depends. Okay. And and then the third one I was going to say is it was, uh, five years and it should have ended after probably three. Okay. Um, you know, and I'd say at least with that one, I think probably in hindsight, I, I think, um, I think she would agree that it, it should have ended. And I think she probably felt the same. She just, you know. Both being stubborn, uh, the one before that, I'd say the same. Okay, and then the one before that—that that was definitely um, that was that was all me. Okay, and, and uh, um, I, I, you know, she had no real, um, you know, she thought everything was fine. Got so it. And that that's was, what I wanted to know. Yeah, yeah. that was my just la- and I was obviously much younger and much more unaware. Um, but yeah I, I definitely should have uh, okay. i didn't communicate that you know I was unhappy and and um and more than even unhappy I didn't even want to be in a relationship in general at the time, so that was that was definitely my fault um but uh you know it's 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 just one of those things where you do um I think the best way to say it would be, you know like my my parents were codependent, hundred mm-hmm. percent dad was was is an alcoholic, and uh, you know my mom and dad were crazy codependent, so not shockingly, I took those traits to every relationship I was in um, and I also chose codependent people
2: mm. define Sh- for shocker. you what is codependent? Um I feel like that that shows up for other people in different ways. Right.
1: Yeah. For for me, codependent is, you know, you're you're essentially trying to fix the other person. Mm. You're trying to change them. You're trying to help them. You know, like uh, you know, my mom always tried to get my dad to quit drinking. It never happened because he's not gonna do it for anyone but himself. Um and so I would get into relationships with people that I in hindsight could tell were fundamentally broken and and I and so was I right you know so I would choose that and then
2: hmm. you know
1: I would uh, you know when you're if if you're in a relationship and they're unhappy and it makes you unhappy that, that's codependency yeah. because their mood their happiness shouldn't affect yours at right. all right um, I and, always
2: say I'm not responsible for your yeah, happiness.
1: That's, no, and I've I've tried, you know, in you know the last two relationships, I tried so hard to to make them happy, um, and it doesn't work. And and not only does it doesn't not only does it not work, but the more that you try and make someone else happy, a it fails because mm-hmm. you can't, and then you're not responsible for that. And then b on top of that. It, it builds all this resentment that you have towards them because they didn't ask you to try and make them happy. You're doing it. They're not happy and you're giving and giving and giving, and you're not receiving anything back and they're not, you know, happy. And so you resent them for that, even though it's, it's your, it's your fault. Right. You know, um, code and, and then it, in a codependent relationship, it happens the exact same way on the opposite. So, um, it 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 just i had to learn that you know i you need to be selfish focus on your own happiness and and focus on um you know you're the main priority and um you can't you can't make someone else happy you can't make them um you can't make someone love you you know all mm-hmm. these different things and uh you know it took me it only took me you know like 45 years to learn that. right so. That's the, all. The hard... so I, feel, I feel good. I feel good. I feel like I've I've moved quickly. Yeah. You've grown. You've grown. Yeah. yeah. The hard part is, is like when you know
0: the signs are coming and you just can't, like you said, in your case, you just want to help out or you want to make sure you don't leave them and, or abandon them and things right. like that. And you're just kind of just, you see it coming, but mm-hmm. you're just, now you're kind of like, that guilt sets in or whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever it is takes over. I think over. we know. We yeah. know
2: within the first few months. Right. But yeah. what happens is our <clears throat> we rationalize and we make excuses. Yeah. Oh, it's just this or that, but then looking back, I feel like we can identify. Okay, I did ignore that red flag, or yeah. I did ignore this. And well, then we should hope
0: so because if you get back into something, you know, we we start off by thinking that because you know we're all stronger, we're all getting into something for the most part. You know, we've learned our lesson. Right, it's not going to happen again. Da da da. And then you get the next, you're like, fuck. Like you said, it's here it goes again, you know, but you're, but you start to catch those signs a little bit sooner, but once again, you just can't get out. And it's that thing with the marriage a lot of the time, why communication is so key, because when someone voices an opinion of saying like, I don't want to be here anymore, or I just don't like you, or you just don't make me happy. And it's like, well, let me try to fix this, this, and this, and make let me see if this will work. Yeah, that's, see,
2: that's, that's, I don't no. know if that's really communication. It's more so comprehension. So I think we can communicate all day long, but if we can't comprehend what the other person is trying to convey, mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to win, no matter right. how great your communication is. It's, but, it's being able to actually comprehend and understand the needs of, of your partner.
0: Right. And still, in both sides, it's still a cop out, though, because if someone said that to you, like, you know, yeah. Jamie, you're just not fulfilling my needs, da da da, and yet they still stay. While you're going through your old, like you said, your own stuff, and and I'm going through mine now. Now we're code like codependent on each right. other. It's like, well, that's the person who said that should have fucking get on the first place too. Yeah. So it's you're right. It's a lot of codependency, and that's that's a different way of looking at it. And because there are different many ways of codependency.
1: I, absolutely, and you know I read a book, Codependent No More, which is like the the bible of codependency, for lack of a better term. And it's, um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a it's a great book. Um, and a lot of, of things applied to me when I read it. And you know the other thing is that I think there's uh, with codependency. I I personally think there's a uh, another core issue, which is fundamentally, um, you know, for me, I'll I'll say that as a child growing up, like I was alone Mm -hmm. a lot. I had imaginary friends. You know, I was just I was alone quite often. And I hated it. Okay. It drove me crazy. And, um, you know, I took that into adulthood of, of not wanting to be alone. And so, you know, when you're in a relationship and it's going bad, um, is it worse than being lonely? Right. Usually, I mean, it's probably not, but, you know, <laughs> you, you have this fear of loneliness and you feel like you need, you know, you, you need someone because... Um, you know, when, when, when you're by yourself, that's when, uh, that's, that's when you're, you know, that's when you're, um, when you're by yourself, that's when you actually have to listen to your own head. And sit with it and And, learn from that stuff. I agree with that. Well, no, I mean on a negative side. Oh, gotcha. When you're alone. Right. That's when, you know, like my mind, if I'm alone and, you know, like my head will, will just start spending okay. on on you know negative things. So I I you know for a lot of my life I was generally just trying to distract my thoughts because they just they'll they'll run nonstop. Um you know, going to sleep, it'll just freaking you know, and it's right. it's um you know it's it's kind of a mental um kind of a mental torture in a way. So <laughs> You know, I would stay in relationships because it was a distraction, and it was, it was someone to calm. You know, again, right. like if they're chaos, then they'll calm. You know, me. Um, and and again, obviously, that's not fair or good to be in a relationship. Um, and I didn't realize it at the time, but now um, it's it's obvious to me that you know the fear of of being alone and the fear of of. You know being alone with my thoughts mm-hmm. and, you know just not having um interaction uh, was a, a major reason why I stayed much longer than I should have yeah
2: do you feel like you're still in that space
1: no I mean I I I think after this uh, last um the last relationship I was in I I definitely realized a lot of things um I read a lot of books you know that codependency one uh being one of them and i
2: found it i looked it up actually. yeah it's a
1: great great book and um but i mean there's a bunch of things i read and i i really uh, and, and actually i shouldn't say just that i read you know i went to um a 60 day um you know a therapy place and in inpatient or you know not inpatient but resident you right. know treatment and um this was a year, year and a couple months ago. I forget, okay. but um, I, I spent 60 days doing, you know, work on myself right. every day, That's therapy great. every day, and and that was an absolutely uh, life changing. Um, was this the breakup that took you to that point? That I just need to go and just start working on me. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And and for that, you know, getting me to that place. You know, right. I'm glad it happened because, okay. and again, I, you know, I'll obviously still have a lot of growing to do, a lot of learning, and all these things. But um, now, I definitely see the, you know, um, the toxic traits that I had. That, you know, it, you know, there, there's a million things in every relationship I've ever been in that are absolutely my fault. No okay. question. No okay. question. Um, and so now it's about, all right, I can't control the other person, but I'm not going to make these same mistakes Yeah, I get to be accountable and, for those mistakes as yeah. well. Yeah. So I want to know about the flip side to all this, you
0: know, like with the younger generation as well. Amber, what's up, girl? We got a new intern behind <laughs> yeah. the helm right there right what's now. what's up to our new intern? This, 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 our new intern called me sir today. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. first of all, <laughs> don't ever call me sir. <laughs> she didn't <laughs> call me
2: ma'am. <laughs> That's what I wanted to
0: call you ma'am. But Amber, how old are you, if I may ask? I'm 23. All right, so here's so here's what I want to do the flip side on this because I feel like the younger generation is more used to being by themselves and because of technology and social media and all these things. Like that. Amber, would you agree with that? Or do you still, I know you're social, but are you looking to get, you know, no, no one's looking to get serious or like to really lock it down at the, the younger generation anymore. What do you think about that?
3: So the funny thing is, is I'm dating right now. Okay, so how's I, that going for you? Um, it's going good so far. Um, a lot of our like, Ups and downs is basically the same thing as, um, Tyler has been saying mm-hmm. is like, he was a veteran before mm-hmm. and since he was in the battlefield and since he is now back in reality, he can't process it as well. Right. So wow. normally he's home a lot and he plays video games to basically balance out like his form of chaos. To disconnect. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 is
2: it a form of, or a way for him to disconnect?
3: Yes. It's like yes and no. So basically he uses video games to relax himself because okay. that's the only way that he can relax since he doesn't like to like hang out with a lot of people because mm. of his situation. Have you guys seen like Black Hawk Down? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So basically yeah. he did that. Okay. So wow. That was his job. Right. And all of that. So he yeah. basically uses video games to just escape reality or when we're both having like our bad days he uses video games to give me space okay Got so that, that's relatable then like, and then
2: are you guys more along the lines of open relationship or fully committed fully committed Okay. I love that because I think that's a common thing too yeah. now with, um, the younger generation okay. See, as I, they have the open relationship. This is what I
0: want to know, right. With the open relationship. And once again, I know like even for our other producer, Travis, who always talks about, he just landed his girlfriend, but it's just that thing where I feel like I can't it's wait just to fucking meet her. Look at
2: Travis <laughs> over there. So handsome. You know,
0: and I don't, and you, you probably with, with your field of work and everything as well. I, I feel like the younger generation is still like they, they, they hang out more in groups. I mean, we all did as a younger generation, but I feel like they're not in that much of a hurry to get tied down they're not in a hurry to get married you know they're using that time to just be and it's yeah you know, it's don't you a want lot. to
2: run around and be single
1: um
2: or are you more comfortable in a relationship
1: i i really am yeah. I, I i and and you know I, I i'm working on this but you know i i go crazy when i'm single mm. like I'm. I'm just. I'm not a healthy person when <laughs>
2: I'm.
1: I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. See, with and he you. owns up to that, which I, is great. Yeah, I, I go crazy. Yeah. I. I just.
0: And that's okay. I mean, I
1: think that's totally fine
0: because once again, it's not that you're 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 you know solely monogamous. You just know yourself well yeah. enough to know that you're better at being with someone, and that's probably why work is so good for you right now too. And you handling all the different hats in the war in your career because it's keeping you so busy right now. You know, that it's squashing all that extra noise in your life.
1: Yeah, well, and and something I'll say, too, that I, I learned when I was in the therapy, which I never thought I would say, but, you know, I basically realized that I'm a sex addict. Mm. You know, I didn't even know right. what exactly that meant. I thought it meant something very different than it does. And then when I'm, when I was reading what it is, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, yep, yep, <laughs> you know, and and. So, so that diagnosis is correct. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely, you know, I have an addictive personality <clears throat> oh. in, in general. You know, I'm addicted to adrenaline. I'm, you know, addicted to all these different things. Um, and and again, I think the core of addiction is self destruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, is it really shocking that so many warriors are have addictive issues? I don't think so, because that's a self destructive. That's a side effect of self destruction, um, and also. Self-destruction is interesting because how do I justify self-destruction? Well, I justify it because you don't get better by being comfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we you, grow yeah. when we're... We grow when like the further I take, the lower I take myself, mm-hmm. the more I learn about myself and the more I grow. Okay. So I justify self-destruction as self-improvement.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, that's, yeah I always
2: say if you if you're seeking growth, you better get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because right. that's what what it fucking requires yeah. to level up.
1: Yep. Yeah. And now I am so comfortable with discomfort that if I'm comfortable, I what's next? It doesn't. It makes me feel. <laughs> then what and what I are you doing it. next? Exactly. I'm I'm wasting my time. And and you know so the the sex addiction part though is really you know when i'm single i just fucking go bananas yeah like and again i fully admit like i, I do not do well being single so um and a, a weird thing is you know i was in two open relationships and i didn't like it which right. is weird because you'd think i would but i just I'm just not wired for it, mm. um, so I prefer, you know, to to be in a, a monogamous relationship, and and uh, you know, I just want to, I, I want the Bonnie to my Clyde. Oh, I like that, you know. Yeah. I want I want yeah. a, a ride or die who's just down for anything, and and um, you know, I, I want a life partner, you know, someone to do life with as a team, and um, and that's. And that just kind of like you know again, is that is that healthy wanting to be in you know like i I'm better in a relationship, mm, you know, I don't know, probably not, I probably need to to figure out some. <laughs> You know, no, uh,
2: I I feel like I operate at a higher level when I'm in a committed relationship.
1: Yes,
0: yeah. See, I, I, this I coming feel, from the girl who breaks up before Christmas. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> let's discuss
0: that, Jamie. No, yeah, keep, That's another episode. Not <laughs> it's, it's, that. it's, sorry, it's is right around
2: the corner. It's it's Fuck, e- I'm doomed. It's, <laughs> economics. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> economics.
0: It's like that's right. Yeah. <laughs> see, we're looking at a new life Thank you, Todd. It's economics. it's very my economical fucking, my patterns. It's
2: yeah. Just it's
1: all about money. No. Uh, but 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 Ooh. I agree with you. I'm the same way. I, I definitely makes me
2: fucking feel uncomfortable.
1: I do better in in a relationship. Okay,
2: for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so do I. I do
1: too. And we've talked
0: about this, like the open mm-hmm. thing. I'm with you on that. I'm just maybe I'm just not wired for it. I mean, I, 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 I yeah yeah.
1: I
2: I you're a, I, I'm, you're a horror though. I, <laughs> well, but 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 that's
1: but that's the interesting Still thing. Like I'm like I'm a man whore. I'll, yeah, I'll fully admit that, and I've been really shitty to a lot of girls um i have i've been hurt and i've hurt a lot of people uh because i was immature and i didn't you know um at this point i've reached out to almost every single girl yeah. that and and apologized and because uh, i understand what i was doing now but um and you know you know whether they needed it or not you know i, I really felt the need to right. to say it but um but you'd think in in man who are world uh,
2: <laughs> you, th- can I dive into this world yeah
1: but but you would think that like uh an open relationship would be like right oh, wow, this is awesome yeah. and I just both times I've tried to like do it and and both times I just don't I don't like it. It doesn't align with you. Yeah, Yeah, it just it doesn't work. But but again, you'd think it would. And um and and I know a couple that are in an open relationship. They've been in one for seven years and it and it works for them.
2: When you say you're a sex addict, do you just want to have a lot of sex with the same person then? Or do you crave something different? Do you cheat? Like what
1: no define
2: your like what is your definition of a sex
1: addict? Uh well I, I yeah I mean it's it's different for everyone obviously but um like for me I like I really need that that like it's not um it's so fundamental to like my needs like mm. I have to and it's not even like necessarily Sex every single day. It's mm-hmm. just, um, it's one of those things where I am addicted to, like, being sexual with someone, and mm-hmm. and 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 you know if if you know it goes along with like porn addiction, you know, like I've I you know I looked at Playboy magazines when I was fucking seven years old, you know, um, and actually the way I found out that I was a sex addict is because I figured out through reading the stuff I was like all these qualities match my dad you know Mm -hmm. and then I kind of was like oh shit it matches me too you know like and and so I think it's I don't want to say hereditary but it's maybe a
2: predisposition yeah
1: absolutely and 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 like I said he's an alcoholic so he has the same addictive traits but you know he's absolutely a sex addict um and I don't want to talk more about how I know that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: right.
1: but it it's one of those things where you know, um I just like when I was younger, I was all about the chase, yeah, yeah, I was all about the chase, and as soon as the chase was over, next, yeah, and again, that's not uh, that's not good for people, um but i it was just. I I could control it, and each time I would tell myself, "No, I really like this girl." Like I was subconsciously manipulating myself, right, to get stay her on that path and keep yeah, moving yeah, forward. To get her, and mm-hmm. then once I got her, I I didn't want her anymore, and and it, it was it was, and I hated myself for it. And each time I would think, "Oh, I'm I'm not doing it this way," and and then for a while I just I wouldn't date anyone. I, I wouldn't, you know, because I, I didn't want. To hurt them yeah
2: how did you get out of that space
1: uh i think partly just getting older you know more mature yeah like in my 20s i was such a shithead um and uh, y- well even in my early 30s um <laughs> but i think as i got over older it, it just kind of you know the impulse as yeah. a guy when you're younger it's like fucking fucking it's like everything yeah it's it's such a relentless drive um and and then I finally, you know, kind of... It's like it balances out, like it almost plateaus.
0: And you yeah. just kind of just go, all right. Because you've been, like you said, you've been through it enough to finally, like mm. anything. You've been through enough to go, all right, I know where I'm at now. I know, I know how I need to be and da-da-da. Hopefully, you know, yeah. hopefully we,
2: we... I love when you go da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> That's me da, skipping da, da.
0: over
1: a lot of shit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, I, the other thing too is I think that you, um, you know, like as you get older too, like now... Now, it's like, you know, even when, you know, being single now, it's like, you know, you see a girl or or you or a girl even shows interest and you just kind of do the math of time and effort. And you're like, nah. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like. Could yeah. I, yeah, right. do I really want to at this point? See, that's the know. stuff that kept me at bay at a young age, though, Tyler, right there.
0: The the, the chase has always been there. Like, I, I love the chases. I love the shit out of women now. And it's just like, you know, the, the funny thing about it is that I know, I've been through it so much to know where where I look down that path that you're saying. It's like, yeah. no, it's not even worth going there because A, I don't wanna, I don't wanna be in that situation the next day where she feels like I'm an asshole or vice versa yeah. or anything like that. I can cut it off because the thrill of the chase is the lead up and then I'm happy at that point and go, yeah, I, I don't see us together mm-hmm. tomorrow. I don't see us together in a year from now, so I'm going to stop this before it gets bad. A- a- yeah. Absolutely the shame, I got really man. good at that. So, um, yeah, and no Christmas. Ever.
3: Shut the <laughs> hell up. No
0: Christmas. All right, so, guys, we have Tyler Gray on the show. We are going to ask you the question today, Mr. Man. You get the question. You've been a great guest, and we're going to dive right into this one. All right, so I'm going to choose one of these things. How um, many do we
2: have today? We have a few. Okay.
0: Oh, this will be a good one. At what point is it acceptable to send a nude pic? They ask, for them, they ask for them right away, and most of the time I'm uncomfortable, so I say no. Now I kind of want to, want to, but I don't want to come off as easy or like a slut. Wow, she went right there for it. So, at what point is acceptable to send a nude pic?
1: I mean, that that's a good question. I, I would say it it varies. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it definitely varies. Uh, <laughs> I, and I would also say it varies between if you're, you know, a guy or a girl, um, you know, like I, you know, I think it's, it, it's hilarious to me that dudes, you know, meet a chick one or two times and then send dick pics. That's, that's such a fundamental, uh, misunderstanding of right. women. It's kind of hilarious. Um, but just wait to hear the reactions of some girls on how they react to that. That's even more laughable. Oh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> but like you know nude pictures, I'd say once a a doesn't necess- the, the relationship doesn't necessarily need to have turned physical uh, in, in person. Mm-hmm. But once there's you know a sexual um, uh, dialogue, you know, and it's it's heading that way, um, I think at that point, it, it's acceptable. Once yeah. it's within the sexual realm, then, then I think it's acceptable. Um, but until it gets there, I think it's like it's out of context. Yeah, that's know? a great answer. I agree with that. Mm. What, are, what do you say on that one, Jamie?
2: Um I don't think it's ever fucking acceptable to send me a fucking dick pic unless <laughs> I ask.
0: <laughs> and that's and the acceptable part of you I you're feel like if I no. want
2: it, I'll come fucking see it and take it.
0: That's... I'll take
1: that any day. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry. Let, let me be very specific. <laughs> just just so yeah, let me be very specific. I was answering that in reference to a yes. yes. girl. That's correct. No, in world. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. was yeah. You know, a girl. Um for a guy, uh yeah, like a uh I I've, I've never sent an unsolicited, you know, any picture. Right. If
2: your girlfriend was like, hey baby, send me your you know, would you send it?
1: Oh, I'd send. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've sent dick pics, but it was because it was requested.
2: Right. Uh,
0: I
1: mean, I think I've sent unsolicited dick pics to my girlfriend.
0: I mean, because, she's, you know, we're <laughs> like, at that point in our lives. Yeah. Know, so, uh, yeah. So I'm like, you're yeah. right. Thank you. And <laughs> yeah. that's
1: acceptable, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And I've pro- I'm sure I've done it for a, a joke, you know, at <laughs> right. some point. yeah um, you know, take a picture of the, you know, uh, you know, the key and send it to me where it's at. And yeah. Then, you, know, you got the key and then, then the deep background. Like, you know. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there's um, that's hilarious. Yeah. it's You know, you know, use it for fun.
2: But I'd be like, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's no
0: different than what we want the girl to come to the door with that trench coat on oh, and yeah, nothing yeah. else on. No, I mean, I, that's it. A- it's all in good taste and fun. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah,
2: I um, I don't ever, I don't send photos. We don't have think, to. You're in lingerie
0: all day long. I mean, what's whatever. like? What, I'm just saying. It's yeah. like you know. It's like obviously, it's just the imagination is already at Can that just point. School
2: me. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you, you know what though, the, the, that actually does bring up a very good point, and that is, you know, now in the digital age, you know, to further answer her question, mm-hmm. is if you're going to send a nude photo you know, hey, not all relationships last forever, and just know that whatever you send digitally will last forever yeah. and can get posted anywhere.
0: And, and this that's is a good why point. I've
2: never sent a nude fucking photo.
0: Well, but see, but that's so shitty though. I mean, it's, it's not know, because I, I, I'm
2: like, baby, if you want to see me naked, right. i mean, I it. meant
0: shitty in the fact that not that you do oh, that, just shitty in the yeah, fact that just, someone it, might actually depressing. take revenge or something weird yeah. out there. Yeah. That, that's shitty. Especially
2: like with you and like your industry too, yeah. like yeah. blackmail, all these things. Yeah. So yeah. I just don't engage and I don't send them. Um, so. That makes
1: a lot of sense. But. It, and on that note for the girl asking the question, once you get to that point if if you want to send a nude photo, mm-hmm. don't put your face in it. Mm-hmm. Good point. You yeah, know, it's a lot harder, you know. If you want to see me naked, you see my face in every fucking picture. If you yeah. want to see me naked, just don't take a see, picture of your See, that doesn't even
2: work for me because my body is so online right. already. Like right. there's things that I can't remove. Okay. So I mean, I guess you could like take out my dermals, my piercings, but
0: Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So Okay. And and by the way, Miss Thing, Miss 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 Slat over yeah. here. Um don't something ever think nudes. that you're if you're ever gonna feel like you're easier coming off of slut, that means you're feeling peer pressure, first of all. And don't ever I don't agree. ever feel that way, okay? So if you want to send something, there's no time frame, there's no time limit. And don't ever feel like you're under time pressure to send someone a, a photo of yourself. Nude. And
2: sometimes like um like even lingerie, that's hotter yeah, too. I think, like I you I don't think need that's to so Putting your pussy on blast, girl. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: And 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 look, I'll say this as as a as a uh, self admitted man whore. I think the pressure on women to the concept of you know, oh, I don't want to appear slutty. Mm -hmm. Like uh,
2: I do. We're we're we're
1: like human beings are. Fucking sexual, fucking dirty animals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every fucking, you know, people that say, oh, I don't, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, they're the ones who choke me till I pass out. <laughs> right. You know, everyone yeah. acts like right. they're like this. And then when you get them in the moment, it's like, fucking punch me in the face. Yeah. You know? But that goes back to the true authentic mouth. self again. Just like <laughs> own up to what you're doing. And, and, and that's, that's what I'm saying. The thing. Like feeling like you're a slut, that's society fucking yeah. putting Thank that you. on you. Yeah. Don't I agree. Get Get rid of that. Everyone's a slut. Everyone's a whore. Right? Like, that's
0: and l- you own it for God's sake. If you want to be a like, a, like, where was just-
2: this conversation <laughs> an hour ago? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, no. I mean, but it's one of those things. Like, think about it. We literally, <clears throat> if, if you think of what nature has programmed us for, and this is unarguable. Yes. Number one, we are programmed to survive. That's the most fundamental. Mm-hmm. Survive. Yep. Number two, fuck. Yeah, I don't care who you are. Everyone is programmed to fuck. And then three, take care of the fuck product.
2: It's the connection. Yeah,
1: Yeah. well, you know, the child, you know, take care of that child. And then you you know what I mean, like. But but that that's what we're programmed to do. No no one can argue with that. So it's like, why do we why, why do we Why are we going against our fundamental nature? We know
2: why, because it's all programming. Yeah, absolutely. And what society places on us. Yes,
1: absolutely. To control... Well, no more.
2: Yeah. No more people. <laughs> Thank All right, you guys. so yeah. much for this hanging out with us today. I feel highlight. like we need to have you back because there's just so much to dive into with you. We didn't even talk about your hat. Let's let's talk about them really quick or oh. at least plug them. Um, when I met Tyler, he gave me this hat, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. So tell us a little bit about that really um, quick. So it's actually a,
1: a former teammate of mine uh, started a company called Eagles and Angels. And yeah. um, he takes uh, or we donate, and, and there's... I don't even know, over 100 people now that have done it, mm-hmm. where we donate our uniforms from when we were in. Yeah. And then he takes them and cuts them up and uh, makes, you know, the, the that's part of my uniform. Could you grab that yeah. hat for um, us? That's part of my uniform. That's the camo behind oh, the that's, flag. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. So uh, and he makes wallets and other stuff. And, and so it's actually
2: yeah, this part is of actually my worn uniform. Um, his fatigues that's, right, that's, that's yep. great from when he served, and then it has his name in here.
1: Ah, oh, that's Woo-hoo.
0: unbelievable!
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. And, he, wow. but, and so that's the Eagle collection. On and it, the company's called Eagles and Angels, and then I forget what percentage. So I donate the uniform,
2: it's really cool,
1: and then I choose a veteran nonprofit, and I, he donates a percentage. Uh, no, it's a percentage because, uh, as him and I always joke, it's like you know it cost him money right. to gotta, do it, so he's right. got to make something out of it. But he donates a percentage of the profits to the nonprofit that I choose for my, you know, for my hat. What and, a great cause! And and there's a there's a bunch of cool um, stories from, like I said, over a hundred veterans that. Have done that series. Okay, so it's, it's awesome. That's that's I amazing. That. I love that too.
2: What do you have to plug today, sir?
1: You know what? I'm plugless. I'm gonna
2: go yeah, plugless right. today. I'm just gonna just I say, love it. yeah,
0: I'm plugless today. Just, w- just wireless? Check him out. <laughs> <he go> wireless? <laughs> right. So, all right, guys, we have Tyler Gray on our show, and once again, Tyler, um, please let them know where they can find you on. Um, and first, the show, is Seal Team, guys, check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, what station is that on? One more time,
1: please. Uh, so it's on cbs right. originally and now it's moved over to paramount plus okay which is cb well paramount's platform um so on paramount plus you can get every episode but um uh and then oh social media so you can find me uh tyler a gray gray with an e uh on instagram all right um and yeah that's great
2: I love it yeah
1: Jamie
0: all
2: right Jamie underscore Villamore you guys know where to find me and all right when
0: anything at dating intelligence and me and my personal at fetch sport and guys this has been a great day it's Dickie Postillos Tyler thanks once again Jamie and thank great you show. to
2: our our new producer over yes. there woohoo thanks Amber
0: for some of your feedback thanks for
2: chiming in yes, yes please. love it
0: all right guys awesome. it's another episode and we will see you soon